We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about being young, in love, and navigating life one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 51 of Married Millennials. We've been producing this show once a week for almost a year. Can you believe it? I can. When we set out to create this podcast, we said we have to release a show every single week for a year, and we Mm -hmm. are one week away from following through with that. I mean, we'll keep releasing a show. Of course. Every week after that. Yeah, the podcast is definitely not stopping. But I just just remember in the beginning we were setting all this up on – that read that article and they said, oh, most 90% of podcasts don't get past 10 episodes. 10 episodes, yeah. And we are on 51. And iTunes, we are still not on the the new and noteworthy new list. How dare you? iTunes, we got a problem. Apple, yeah. we got a problem. We dropping heat every single week. <laughs> and you know why we're not on there? Because y'all are not writing enough reviews. I'm calling y'all out again. You got to write <laughs> reviews, guys. We need those reviews. If you listen every week, be like, yo. And thank Send you for song. those of you who who posted a review after our last call to action. We, we appreciate we appreciate you, you guys. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, like we need we need y'all. We need yeah. your support. Share the podcast. Subscribe. Tell your mama, your best friend. Subscribe. We need those downloads up. We need those reviews. We appreciate you guys. You feel passionately about that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've been we've been producing this show 51 consecutive weeks. Yeah. Like, but it's doing well. I mean, the, the good news about it, we can get into it next week, but we are, we're growing every week, and I do love that. I like that new people discover the show, and I do enjoy the feedback. So thank you for those of you who are invested in our show. We appreciate you. We got our TV mounted yesterday. Finally. I'm so hyped. <laughs> I've wanted it done for such a long time. Yeah, and then Joy finally so this is how it works for me. If you give me open-ended requests, know that they're never going to get done. When you say, hey, can you do this? Okay, sure. I'm going to put it on, to, <laughs> on my to-do list that is going to be on the page that never gets done. But if you say, hey, I need this done by next Tuesday, there's a little more urgency in my step. I, I've, I've been like that since I was a kid. If there's an open-ended request, you can count on it not being done. So Joy, right. for the longest of time, has said, hey, I want the TV mounted. I want the TV mounted. I had originally went forward, found someone to do it, yeah. and then I didn't want to spend the money. And yeah. that was probably about six months ago. Yeah, I'd yeah. say six. Could be a little bit longer. No, yeah, about that. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then Joy sends me an email and says, things that must be done. And she writes four different things in this email, yeah. and mounting the TV had a deadline. And now all of a sudden- They I, all had a deadline. They all had a deadline. And I read the and email. And this is the only one that got done. No, this is not the only one. Got, I sent you the dates. I still got to get the mold in the bathroom. That's yeah. the, that's the only outline. I'm thing. gonna die of mold, you guys. No, mold intoxication. You're not gonna die. There's of mold. mold on the ceiling of our our bathroom's tiny, and you know there's just condensation every every morning and night when the showers happen. So the top of our like the ceiling, it's not mold, mold. It's like mildew, but it's like get that off. I got you. See, I hired a cleaning person to do it, and I wrote it on their their to do list and. They clearly ignored it, so I guess they didn't want to get involved with that, which means I'm going to have to do it. Anyways, let's get back when on track. When did you do that? Remember when the last time we, we hired the, the cleaning person, and I made that Baby, long Baby, that was like list? at least a year ago. I know, but I made that to-do list, and it said clean bathroom ceiling, and they clearly ignored that request. Oh, so you know how it feels, then, is what you're telling me. <laughs> I, in, in some way, I, I do, and I pay I for just that. need to figure out how to reach it. No, we, we'll get it. we're going to get it squared away. You're not going to do but it. But Joy sends us this email. 
And long story short, we finally got it done. And now I'm looking at our new mounted TV, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this looks amazing. But what's bothering me right now is I messed with the sound bar because I was trying to figure it out, and now it's slightly tilted, and i got to figure out the way to get that back to Please to don't straight. play with it too much. But I already messed it up, so I I'm going to have to touch it again because it's going to bother <laughs> me the more I look at it. Maybe I'll, let me try to do Okay, that I'll give you that. I'll let yeah. you do that task. <laughs> but now our, our, our living room looks so much better, our living room slash studio which means right. we are almost there. Now we got to figure out this little middle section area, and then Joy's going to want to buy new furniture. So that's the dangerous part of when you when you do Wait, one thing in a house. when you make tweaks, then something else doesn't fit. I'm I'm really not concerned about this right away. I do want to get that. You're not concerned about it right away. As soon as the TV was mounted, y'all, what's the first thing she looks at me? Looks me in the face and says, "How bad do you want to go to IKEA right now?" Not at all. I said, are you tempted? No, you said, how bad do you want to go to Ikea? So your your mind immediately went to, okay, TV's mounted. Let's spend more money. I kind of want to look, but I I actually don't want to spend the money. To be honest, I don't. Well, That's why I had to immediately shut it down. I said, no, we're not not making that move. Because then it would have turned into whatever we paid to mount this TV. Then, okay, I need a new entertainment stand. Oh, I also need a new side table. Oh, we also need to do this. And now a weekend where you go and want to spend $100, $200 turns into a weekend where you spend $800, $900. Yeah. Because of joy. I feel it. I, I, which is why, we, I mean, we didn't go. I didn't really want to go anywhere. I kind of wanted to have a lazy day. So, But, but you did want to go. I was tempted. And now I'm going to get another email saying, hey, what do you think of this? I think this is going to look really good. So instead of her doing it, I'm just going to start getting emails of links. Okay, this is my vision. I think this is what we need to do next. It's, right. it's going to happen. A bit later. I'm, I'm Two good. weeks. Because we said March, we were I, within the budget, right? March, we, we had a good month. So we said we're going to spend a little bit more in March to catch up on some things. But I'm good. I think we've done that. We don't need to do any more this month. Okay. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to say okay and act like I haven't been here before. And that's that's fine. You haven't been here before with the budget. I have no, I haven't, huh? No. Okay, interesting. So, you know what's very interesting is like I'm actually respecting our finances, and you can't accept it. Like you really, you can't even. I have accepted it. No. I have paid you tons of compliments I'm here saying since like, we oh, transitioned no, to the budget. I don't think we need to. I don't think we need to spend anything on the furniture right now. And you're like, uh huh, yeah, I've been here before. Like you just don't. You don't even believe me. I, I don't believe you. When 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 ten years before tells you how you behave, it's just not. Mm, you got a budget, and all of a sudden you're going to change. I'm sorry that I'm not quickly moving. But in did that I direction. not all of a sudden change when we got a budget? You did alter. I won't say you just completely changed. You made some adjustments. Yeah. I, and I will give you credit. I appreciate that. And we've been in a much better financial position Bootleg. since transitioning to it. But I'm just saying, you were a certain way for 10 years. <sighs> All right. That's how you feel? Yep. Okay. <laughs> this is what, and, and you know what? This, is, this makes it. Let me just talk about this even more. This week, right before we got to going to bed, Joy had, had copped an attitude. And we were, she was talking about her nervousness about having a baby. Because she's like, I just don't know how you're going to react. Like, I need you to to love me and <laughs> care for me. So she's laying out like, all these things that she needs. She's going to tell our business. And, yeah, I'm 100% going to tell our business. <laughs> so she's laying out all these these things that she needs from me as a husband. And I, I'm it, not giving her. My biggest thing was patience. Again, I, she's laying all these things out. And I'm not giving her the answers that she would like. And so she's feeling some type of way. And I looked at her and I said, look, millions of people have been fathers before, and there's going to continue to be millions after. I am going to do my best job as a husband to be the best dad 
and to be the best husband for you. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to be perfect, but I'm going to make things happen. It, it's going to be fine. And I said, let's look through the, the, the last 10 years of this relationship. I said, what haven't you gotten in life when it, when it comes to me? What is one thing that you've asked for, genuinely, that you have not received? And I went off and proceeded to what, lay out about 10 different things yeah. that just checked off, checked off, checked off, where she was saying, oh, I don't get this. I need this. And just reeled it off. And then she looks at me right in the face and says, yeah. <laughs> yep. I guess you have always come through. I was shut down. <laughs> so I was like, shut down immediately. I've come through every single time when something has needed to been done or you really wanted something, and, and whether you had a good reason or not, I've come through to find a way to make it happen. Every time. Yeah, I agree with that. And yet you had this entire breakdown. But this is what we have conversations for. That's what communication is for. That's, that's exactly why. So instead of me continuing to feel that way, I had a conversation, and now I feel better. So you're good now. You feel comfortable bur- I, I'm birthing good-ish. my child? Burdening? Birthing. Birthing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Burdening. I was like burdening them no. by making you the daddy, the baby daddy. <laughs> no, you're going to be burdening my life. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> they'll be half mine. Um, True. <laughs> but no, I. it's not that. I do. I struggle with, because, you know, we're getting not close to that time, but just I'm that age now where I'm just curious. Well, I won't even say I'm that age. We've discussed this. You know where I am mentally with, with the baby thing. And so I'm just kind of reading up or like watching way too many YouTube videos on people's experiences. And they're not complaining about their men. They're not. Even though, remember our gender studies teacher? We have that class together, yep. gender studies. And she said, there's just nothing you can do. No matter what, you will hate your husband for the first couple months because they're useless. Like, you know, if you're breastfeeding or, you know, you're just the there's a different level of responsibility that the woman has right. in the beginning just ages innately. of a, exactly. yeah, there's And there's nothing you can do about it. There's something it. that we just can't do. We right. can't breastfeed our child. I'm no. sorry. We but didn't carry them for nine months. what you could do is change more diapers. You could take the initiative and be like, I'm going to change as many diapers as possible. But, in, but this is my problem. This was the, the overarching point of my frustration is Joy has a habit of going on these binge researching on whatever, just Ben's researches, whatever she I wants, and then tries to come back and then create problems. So she's literally <laughs> saying, I'm doing all this research and doing saying, well, boom, I'm going to just bring stress and unnecessary worry to our household. For what? But I wasn't bringing stress. I was bringing my concerns. You were. <laughs> you were bringing your concerns from all of this research that you've done. I said, this is going to happen. This is going to be the so problem. So if you hear all these people, right, recounting their experience or whatever, or how, what they're going through hormonally or whatever, and whether they have a supportive partner or not, I'm thinking about my partner at home and how he responds to certain things. I'm like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out for And me. you've also <laughs> heard all of these people who tell you about their experiences the first few during pregnancy and the in the first few months of, of being parents, what do they all say? I've read all this, I've took all the classes, and none of it mattered. When you just have to get out there and perform. But I'm not talking how about many how of those it pertains it? to the child. I'm talking about how you and I are going to interact during that time. Because baby, the truth is, I don't want to hate you. I don't want to. <laughs> so <laughs> you're so you're saying you're going to hate me? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. So that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to prepare because I you just you don't know. You're, I mean, it's just—it's such a major change, and I. You're trying to prepare for something that you honestly can't prepare. Okay, for. but remember, we and had this discussion, which is not—it's not really comparable. But every time we've gotten a pet, you've hated me. 
because and, it's been a shift. And what did I say? It's not the same thing. No, you but want to but have a baby. Did, you exactly. Didn't want I said, what did I say? I both times I didn't. I was not like, yes, I want to get a dog. We got two dogs because you wanted two dogs. Right. When we decide to have a child, that's going to be a joint decision. I'm not saying there's going to be a shift because obviously there is going to be a shift because we're introducing a new person <laughs> into our relationship. But you can't compare it to dogs when right. I didn't want one. I won't say I didn't want one. I didn't say I you just, gave me the green light. I just wasn't like, yeah, let's go get a dog. It wasn't your idea. It was more of, okay, my wife is going to drive me batshit crazy if I don't get her a dog, so let me get her a dog. All right. <laughs> yeah, you can't even dispute that. Yeah, no, I get it. That's what I'm saying. I'm happy we had the conversation, but it was a genuine concern of mine. Get over it. When we get there, we'll get there. We'll figure it out. Don't and, tell me to get over it. And you're, I'm, let's be honest. You're going to hate me for some point. We, I'm not going to like you very much at certain points. But see, I don't want that. Stop. That's the, that's the problem. <laughs> here here you go back in fantasy land. It's, it's going to happen. There's going to be points where you're like, mm, I do not like him. And I'm going to be like, I do not like you. That's the part of it. That's just what happens. But Everyone has said that. So, Everybody you know has said that. I like you pretty consistently like the this entire time i've liked you consistently there have been points in time where i don't like you in a moment but i don't go long periods of time without liking you okay so that's what i'm saying is i don't want to be hormonal and have this new children or new child sucking on my boobies (laughs) and in pain and and not like my husband like that's i feel like that's inevitable and you just had to prepare yourself it's like okay this is a part of early parenting like so stop trying to correct. But it takes, there are so many stages of acceptance. There are literally five stages of acceptance, and you are refusing to let me go through them. Let me go through them, man. I'm, I'm, you can go through them. Just don't drag me into it. That's all I'm asking. We are one now. You will be dragged into it. No, Whatever I say, uh, you're going to be dragged into Spiritually, yes, we are one. Individually, we are two <laughs> separate and different people. All right. Yes. Dave Chappelle is officially back. We watched his two-part comedy special, and I think there's a third part coming out at some point in time. And I, th- I really liked it. What were your thoughts? Did you like it? I did enjoy it. I fell asleep on part two. I missed the last 20 minutes of it, so I got to yeah. get back to catch up. But it was enjoyable to see Dave Chappelle back on stage. I remember in high school, that's what everyone talked about. Like, oh, Dave Chappelle, the Chappelle, Chappelle, show, the Chappelle yeah. show. And then he just went rogue. And for obvious reasons, right. or maybe not so uh, obvious to some it people. It wasn't obvious. <laughs> no, I know. But he came back, and it, it was just good to see Dave Chappelle back in the flesh. His jokes are ridiculous. You know, in high school, I had to pretend like I knew the skits because I wasn't allowed. And actually, to this day, I think I've probably seen maybe two episodes of the Chappelle I, show. I feel like every time we talk about something <laughs> that was a cultural phenomenon, you were not allowed to watch I wasn't. All. I was a Nickelodeon and Disney child. I had to play catch up on a you were lot just, of... You were just robbed from life in, in childhood. <laughs> you know, I wasn't, though. I got a lot of other valuable experiences. You did. But Very I did. True. I missed out on a lot of mainstream experiences. But I think that has served me as an adult in some ways. Like, I don't feel pressure to do what everyone else is doing or watch what everyone else is watching. Yeah, I've never felt that pressure, and yeah. I was exposed to it all. So I think that's just a personal thing. Yeah, maybe. But I'm. But maybe it's conditioning, too. It could be personal plus conditioning. I never received the conditioning, and maybe personally I'm not on that level either. So I'm good. I enjoyed the show. So the first show was him getting his feet wet again. It felt like he was kind of diving back in. I laughed. I more chuckled at the first show. Shout out to Big Kev. Yes. I saw you. I'm from Big Kev. Our friend who went to school with. Yeah. A little cutaway, cracking up. I was like, is that Big Kev? We both went Big Kev. <laughs> and then he, of course, posted a Facebook status. and was like, oh, I'm available for our inquiries. He's yeah. Comedic. Silly. Good work, Big Kev. Yeah. Nice cameo. 
But the second show, I had some good, like, tummy rumbling laughs, like, hearty laughs. And I think because in the second show, he was more so focused on, he talked about relationship topics, which obviously I find relatable. I don't want to ruin it, but he does, he has a part of his set that's talking about this video and how his wife responded to this video. And then there's another video and how she responded to that. Can't spoil it, and I know that's Yeah, vague, don't spoil it, because I don't even yeah, remember this. I must right. have been zoning out. You fell out. asleep during this part. Okay. Uh, you fell asleep during the last, like, 18 minutes, I think. But, I like, I was really, really laughing, because I was like, that speaks to to where we are. Because he was like, that was messed up. Like, how, how are you mad about this, but you're not mad about that? So, anyway, watch it. We enjoy Dave Chappelle. What I like about Dave Chappelle is, one, he's so smart he's a very intelligent man and two he walked away from a 50 million dollar two-year deal with comedy central during the height of his career because it didn't align with where he wanted to be and where he was going and it made me think when do you know when it's the right time to throw in the towel like how do you how do you decide when you've been working tirelessly with something or you've even found some success with something that, okay, it's time it's time to be done with this? Well, in Dave Chappelle's experience, he walked away a little differently than other people, where now he, he compared it to a reference of a baboon and salt. Mm-hmm. And in, in the interview with, with Gail, I don't I don't want to ruin it, but just listen to that, that you little You can talk clip about that. That's is, no, I'm just, I don't want to ruin, I don't want to miss misspeak on what he said with the entire okay. analogy. But he was just basically comparing you know, the baboon to the salt and how it turns into a trap. And he said eventually he felt like he was the baboon. Yeah. And he was, the, the joke's not on me. And that's why he walked away. And I think it's – we all don't have that, that same experience. I think in, in entertainment there can be times, and you've heard a variety of actors have talked about it, is you know, how do you, you know, book these roles and book these gigs – of certain when 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 you're being typecasted about something that you don't want to represent, right? But, but it's a this job. is this is the way that you have to eat and provide for yourself. It's like, do I say no to these roles or do I accept them? So I think it's a, a balancing act that runs deep throughout the entertainment world. But for everyday folk, I think it's a a little bit different because there's a point where you have to decide. It may not be an external factor that's suppressing you or telling you like. Mm, I'm not really feeling this. There's this this kind of roadblock that you hit as a person and say, okay, do I continue beating my head against the concrete or do I walk away? And and I would say in my experience with basketball, there was kind of an external force that came, but my realization was you know, I, I loved basketball, but I didn't love it enough to be a professional. And that was my point when I had to walk away was finding out that I didn't love something as much as I thought I did. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, I was doing, you know, I was trying to you know, go through every door. Like, why am I not getting this contract? I'm better than everybody who's out here, yet the door is not opening for me, and, and, it, and it didn't make sense. So I took a step back and, and, and had to have a conversation with myself. I was like, okay, do I love basketball as much as I say I do? And once I came to the decision that I didn't love basketball as much as I thought I did, my whole life completely changed because mm-hmm. basketball just became just another part of me. It wasn't all of me. Right. I mean, but does your career have to be is so immersive? Do you have to choose something that you're in love with? 
in uh, right now, does, I don't. I would say there's probably one percent of people who get to do something that they truly love. Right. Of everybody that's working, so no, you don't have to be in love with with what you do. It's important to do something that you don't hate. Right. But, but I I don't think there's very many people at all who are doing something that they actually love to do. I think that I need to do something that I love, though. I I think that I am one of those people who, and my mom always told me to pick something you're passionate about and the money will follow. Did your parents tell you that mm-hmm. all the time? So it's, um, I, I, I also feel very similar to how you did with dance. I actually had a dream. I had an audition. I haven't danced in years and I had an, a ballet audition and then uh, there were girls in line. They were going, Oh, it's an easy combo. And everyone was younger than me. I was the oldest person there. And it went up to college students, which is, is when I quit dance and uh, they said, okay, you know, college students come in. I'm like, oh, but I'm older than a college student. They go, oh, you, you join us, you join us. And I was so nervous. But And I woke up kind of feeling maybe a, a little bit of ashamed that I didn't keep it up, even though it wasn't something I was passionate about anymore. And any type of physical activity, in order to maintain the motivation to put that kind of wear on your body, you, I think you really do have to be you got to love it. Yeah, you you have to be pretty passionate about it. You have to either be – you have to love it or you have to be crazy determined to master it. Like, whatever it is that drives you, you need to drive, though. There's, It's not something that you – that you can maintain if you're having to manufacture motivation for years. So, anyway, with dance, it was kind of that. I lost passion for it. I wasn't in love with it anymore. But, yeah, when I had this dream, I woke up and I was, like, deeply ashamed that I hadn't – kept up my training and I don't really know what that was about because it's not like I miss dance like I don't think it's I mean sometimes it's about I do sometimes I do miss dance but not in that I want to try to become a dancer again it's about what you wrote on your 2017 goal that you're going to take five dance classes and you haven't taken a class yet so that's all it's about no, five hip-hop classes five hip-hop classes but so see. it's your subconscious <laughs> telling you you ain't doing like what you, you said you were going to do hip-hop classes right now well the, the thing with hip-hop though uh we discussed this I had a mental block I, I I had a bad audition where it just well maybe it was about hip hop because this audition yeah. terror there was terror involved I don't think it was about that though I think it was just kind of and actually Dave Chappelle said this in an interview because Gail King asked him do you miss the Chappelle show and he said kind of like you miss a relationship that was bad for you like you think back on it you're like oh we had good times you know it was what it was but. I'm glad it's over. We don't need to revisit that. And and that is, I think, ultimately how I feel about dance. But it's... But I don't think dance was toxic. And that's why I say that I believe Dave Chappelle's situation was a little unique. Right. Because he still loved comedy. He still loves comedy. Right. He does comedy. His issue so was his, with the specific, the, the producers or, or, or whoever. How they were trying show. to put him. Right. They were trying to make him a puppet. And he said, no, I'm not the puppet. Yeah. And so he walked away. That's why I said his, his experience is a little unique. I'm saying right. for us. Can you just let me relate to Dave Chappelle? Uh, go like, ahead. Let me relate. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and relate. Shutting me down. I'm not shutting you <laughs> down. I'm just saying his experience is different. When, when we're sit- it is different, but like this, this is how the world works, right? You t- take from somebody else's experience and you apply what you can for you so that you can understand it. So Dave Chappelle's situation made me think about my situation. That's fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm is not, it? It is fair. I'm not saying you can't draw parallels between the two, but I'm saying 
when it comes to deciding you know, when you truly walk away from something, when do you let it go? And I said, in most cases, it's when the love that you thought you had or the passion that you thought you had for something that you've been doing for so long goes away. That is the point, and you, and you just mentioned it. You said when right. you had to manufacture right. this drive to do something. Right. That, that once it when it's fake, it's time to walk away. And right. you can compare that to a relationship. You can compare that to a job. You can compare that to a friendship. As right. when you're manufacturing motivation and convincing yourself that this is what you want to do, when everything yeah. inside of you, for an extended when your heart, amount of time, because sometimes spirit, we have our days. Yeah, when your heart and your spirit and your soul are telling you this is not what you want to do. Exactly. That is when it's time to hang it up. And I had that moment with basketball. I was manufacturing an idea of what I wanted to accomplish. And I hadn't done the work to get to the point of what I thought I wanted to accomplish. It was not going to work. I, I missed it. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to create this reality that didn't exist. And I'm just fighting myself and fighting myself and fighting myself and fighting myself. And finally, I'm like, and I'm done. Mm-hmm. I work in the basketball industry now. And I can't tell you how many times I go. I'm on a, I work at a place with basketball courts galore. And I probably shoot a basketball once or twice a week. Right. Like, it, it's just completely changed because I I know what my new passion, what my new drive is. I still love basketball dearly. It's the only thing I watch. I talk about it all the time. It, it's it's still very much a part of me, but it's different because I had that. I was able to say, basketball, I love you. It's time to let go in its current capacity. Yeah, but we're going to have a different kind of relationship now. Yes. And I think that's okay, too. But I just, I, I still don't know. And I guess you said when it's in your heart and your soul and, you, and you, it's not aligning with you. And that's when it's time. When it's everything inside of you is just kind of like, nah, this isn't it. It's not it. But that's a really hard conclusion to come to, especially when you have worked hard for something for so long. And you just... It's, there's nothing there. Ugh. Oh, it sucks. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. Compared to everything, friendships, relationships, you've done something, you've, you've worked so hard for something, and you thought this was going to be forever. Yeah. And it's not. And having that, that aha moment that is sucks. going to be brutal. It's going to be – I was depressed for years yeah. after I gave up basketball. It was, right. a, it was a good two or three years where I could not – maintain my identity because basketball was not a part of it. So So it's not an an easy transition to make, but it's a transition that everyone has to make at some point. And actually not everyone, because some people do get lucky and get to pursue their passion and do it forever. I envy those people who know what they want to do from five years old and it's the same till the day they die. I agree. You are a special person if you have that gift. Yeah, because that's the other thing is that your identity as a person is – constantly evolving too so you were saying that basketball was so ingrained in your identity but maybe you had just a tiny bit of an identity shift and basketball just didn't fit in there anymore that could be true yeah or i had never realized what my identity was without basketball well, <laughs> i had to formulate and a new the identity other thing. yeah because i mean all through school i was the dancer and i was the ball player yeah everybody knew oh justin he hooped gosh that is so dangerous <laughs> that's now I'm, that you think about it that's so Dangerous. That's who you are. But you, you embrace it when you're younger because it, it's, it's an easy thing to grab. But also now, even through adulthood, as people still equate you with something that you do. You do, yeah. You are still, you, to some people, we are Justin and Joy the Love Jays. Right. That is who they know us as and associate us as. But you or know, Justin and Joy the podcast host. That's, but I am. There's I'm, always a group I'm thing. finding in my life now, 
people surprise me by their observations of me sometimes because they go, oh, Joy, you're like this. And they'll be accurate. And I'm not used to that because before, I don't think people had to do the work to figure out who I was. So it doesn't feel like, I don't think I have a more complex identity, but the more I'm figuring out who I am as a person, the more people can see it and, and, and grab on and grasp it. Because you're being genuinely true to who you are. Right. And I think that's a difficult thing to do when you're younger. It comes with maturity and you don't, your self-identity, and you just mentioned it, is constantly evolving. But when you get older, you start to see the world a little bit differently. You find your place. You find your stride and say, okay, this is me. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. And you dig in deeper to who you actually are. But when you're younger, you're constantly fighting the trends and what's cool and what's not. I'm trying to keep up with, with this crowd, but I'm trying to do what my parents say. Oh, this looks cool on TV, and this means you're successful. Right. You're, you're chasing all these different stimuli right. and ignoring the one stimuli that matters. Well, when all that is gone mm-hmm. post-college and you're like, hey, it's just me <laughs> and the world, yeah. you have that time to go through those battles, those struggles, and say, okay, well, this is me. And so because you've had six years after out of college to go through this journey, now when you meet people, they're like, oh, that's joy. Because yeah. you've worked to project the identity that you are. Yeah. Not that someone else is forcing you to be. And it was funny because I was having a conversation with my best friend, and he was talking about, man, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. And I remember I used to say that so many times. I just want to be happy. I was the same. And it's he, all I wanted. And he was using external achievements to get his like, man, I just want to get this job. Then I just want to have this car. Then I want to get this job. And then I want to have this house. And then I want to have this many kids. Mm-hmm. And everything he was saying was externally driven. And I stopped him and I said, you're never going to be happy if you're associating happiness with life achievements. Right. So it's not going to happen. Said, right. Your happiness comes within. And I had to figure that out. And it took a long time to understand that. And I was like, I'm because I'm you're. We're constantly judging ourselves based upon the things that we accomplish. You're right. taught that. Our society rewards that. Right. And on a chemical level, your brain releases happy chemicals, you know, dopamine and all that, when you receive something, right? When If something, like when I got my laptop, I was happy. <laughs> there was I, I released my happy brain chemicals, and that was good. And I think that it's very easy to think, okay, well, if I keep doing things like that, then I'll be able to maintain a level of happiness. But that's – it's just not accurate. It's a quick release. Yeah. There are things that happen in life that bring us joy mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time, whether it's a few seconds, whether it's a few minutes, a few days, maybe even a couple weeks. But that release – is not a lifetime of happiness. Yeah, it's not a lifetime supply. <laughs> it's, it's not. And, and as we continued our conversations, you have to find that happiness within. And for me, I it came to a point where I was like, why am I so unhappy? I was like, I don't get it. Because I was spending so much time trying to attach my life to these external victories mm-hmm. and these external circumstances. And I just had to take a point of saying, what really makes me happy? What do I enjoy? You know, I enjoy spending time with my wife. I enjoy listening to R&B music. I enjoy playing basketball. I enjoy having really good intimate conversations with my friends. So those are the things that genuinely make me happy. So when I'm in a bad mood, I go to those moments, the, those little things and say, okay, this is what I'm going to draw. I was in a funk the other day. 
what did I do? Came in the house, had R&B in my headphones, and was jamming because I was in a funk. I was yeah. like, this, I have to go to my happy place. And right. that happy place is within me. There was nothing I could have went to externally and said, okay, this is going to bring me happiness. I just had my little moment, put my, my jams on, and was able to get my mood right back up. And, and I'm happy. Am I at a point now where I've accomplished everything I want to in life? Absolutely not. There are tons of goals that I yeah. want to accomplish. But just because you haven't accomplished goals doesn't mean you have to be unhappy about yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't have to mean you be, you're miserable. Yeah, it just means you have more work to do, but, like, you can be happy doing it. Now, I don't – I still think that happiness doesn't have to be tied to anything. Like, yes, I enjoy reading. Reading can relax me and and make me feel happy, Yes. But I also think that happiness can be a constant state of being, that you can get quiet and look inside yourself and count your blessings and be happy that way. For sure. And I think happiness is less intense than people think that it is. I think happiness is a pretty low-grade emotion. <laughs> I do, and I think that people compare, <laughs> compare happiness to, like, euphoria, right? Like, let me – oh, yes, I need to be happy, when really they're like, I need to be euphoric, and that's kind of – I mean, that's intense. You can't have that all the time. But I do think that there is a way to be constantly happy as long as you check in with yourself. And as cliche as it sounds – Count your blessings. I, it is impossible to not be happy when you think of all the things that you do have as opposed to the things that you don't. And I think that when we get in a funk, when we are unhappy, it's because we're doing the exact opposite of that. So you would think that in your brain <laughs> you would go, okay, I'm unhappy because I'm thinking about the things that I don't have. But instead of saying, okay, well, I need to be, think about the things that I do have, it's like I need to figure out how to get those things. What's a focus shift? Yeah. That's all it it's is. literally it's, all it is. It's shifting your focus. And yeah. I would argue that it's more important to be not miserable than it is to be happy. <laughs> that would mm, I don't like that. <laughs> well, no, this is this it's is more why, important to be not miserable. <laughs> well, no, this is this is why I say that is is you said happiness is this low grade emotion. Yeah. That you can find in these little small places, but being but miserable. But what I'm saying but, is but, you don't on, have on, to let find me finish it. My you thought. can be it. But let me finish my thought. Miserable. And when you're miserable, it literally just takes over your entire being. Yeah, your you can't see straight. Your relationships go awry. Your everything starts to, to to bug out. So I think it's important that okay, yeah, this job or this I I, I don't want to say a job. I won't say necessarily a relationship because that's a little different. But he, he was saying, do you have every because it, it came to the point was like, do you have to do something that that makes you happy? And I was like, no, I don't think you have to do something that makes you happy, but you need to do something that doesn't make you miserable. <laughs> like, there, okay, there's an I understand what you're saying. Career-wise. Exactly. Not okay. being in a field or something that literally that's sucks toxic, your life yeah. away. Because that's going to negatively affect so but many But, again, I think that that can be, unless the environment itself truly is toxic, but sometimes it's our attitude about something that makes it that way. So yes. I still think that perception is key. It's key. And, I, and I've had to grow with this. I mean, there's t I have so many frustrations at work, which I'm sure everybody in, in, the, in the world can, can share their frustrations right. with their job. And when I get in my, my ruts, I say, okay, you know what, Justin, you just got to shift your perspective is there are. 80 great things that are that are going on that are good, and there's 20 things that are really pissing you off. And right now you're <laughs> spending 100% of your energy on the 20 things that are pissing you off. And you just need to focus on these 80 good things yeah. and then just dabble on these 20 and work to get them better, right. and hopefully they reduce. And that's and that's exactly right. That's And that's the key. But it is it's difficult. Mental shifts are the hardest shifts to make. 
I think it's easier to have a, an amazing body. It's easier to lose 100 pounds and get in fantastic shape than it is to to be mentally strong. And and that's why even when people do lo- lose all the weight, they go, okay, but I'm the same person in my head. You hear that all the time. It is very difficult to to have the mental shifts necessary to be a happy person and quote unquote not miserable and to be able to look at the glass half full it, it, despite life circumstances. And I don't think that that's ignorance. I think sometimes people think, positive people just they don't get it they're not in the real world and there are some people who are floating (laughs) in the clouds but I do I think it's very important to look at what's going right and improve upon the things that aren't but not tie your your existence to them and your being and like measure where you are in your life like oh I'm not okay because this isn't okay yeah it's definitely a struggle it's something that I struggle with daily is Mm -hmm. is finding that balance but I've been able to adjust and be better in my current life because I've, I've focused shifting my perspective and I don't shift it in the right direction all the time. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Everyone, anyone who knows me and I was like, damn, Justin, like really just chill out. And then you got to have that moment and you turn it and say, okay, it is what it is. Yeah. And it, but it just, it takes time. I think with you, we're working on response. Remember we said like your response to things, your immediate response is just like, it's t- it's like, ten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just got it. Ten. And I told you, that's the one thing that you can't control. You cannot control the circumstance. You can control the response. And that's something that I've been working on for years. Truth, well, life is a told. series of responses. It's a series of reactions. Right. Everything that you do in life is a reaction. Yeah. But if you can train yourself to react a certain way, then you would be so far ahead of the game. Oh, I completely agree. And I'm nowhere near where I need no, to be. No, but are you working on it? Not really. Just <laughs> <laughs> can I can I be honest? You can be honest. I'm not really. Not it's like really. this is me. It's like I've reacted the same way for 27 years. Right. I, I just but initially get annoyed and then I, I and get to the And you know, I reject that though too because I don't <laughs> think any of us are stuck where we are. Again, we are constantly evolving. We're growing. We're not, not. We're not stuck, but there's. But, a, we're we're but rooted listen. rooted a little deeply. <laughs> yes, you are rooted deeply. But if there, but just be honest. If if you're in a spot where you're like, I don't actually want to work on my response. Then that's, I mean, that's not fine, but that's where you are. Don't say like, oh, I'm, I'm rooted. In yeah, I'm, I'm, that is an yeah, excuse. Exactly. But to I, say I, li- I'm not, I don't want to. I right like now. my reactions. Some people don't like my nobody reactions. Nobody likes your reactions, <laughs> Justin. I can confidently say nobody likes it. I think I have gotten better in some points. Because I don't, I used to react to everything. I don't react to everything. Yeah, I just yeah. react to most things. So I would say that I am getting a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take a little bit of improvement. I got to get there. It's like my life's mission to help you out. Oh, I'm glad. You yeah. helped me out. Won't you help yourself out, I've it? been helping myself for a very long time, uh, and you can attest to that. You, I can. Yeah. I, my life's mission to help you out. On a personal level, on like an emotional so level, horrible. my responses, because that's all it is. It's your emotional reaction to things. Yeah. That's all it my is. My emotional response. Yeah. But once you realize that I'm over it immediately after it comes out, you're fine. No, baby, you cannot give somebody a verbal verbal beating and be like, "But you're good, right?" Because I'm I'm done now. <laughs> I don't like no. I do not. Their feelings are hurt. They're sad. Like no. Look, truth hurts. Damn it. <laughs> it's not up to you to deliver the blow, though. Not all the time. Coming from you. Oh my gosh. Listen, do I not hold my tongue more than I used to? You do. 
Exactly. You do. I really do because I'm like, oh. Because I was like, the fact that you formed your lips to say that it is not my job, miss, I'm going to correct everyone all the time on everything. I do. I have to try so hard because (laughs) I really do. Because it's not like, it's not that the response isn't still there, but I have to curb it. It's like, okay. And that doesn't mean you don't need to be you, but you should be a refined version of yourself. You should strive to be a better version of yourself every day. And if you're not, then what are you doing? That's fair. Like, what are you doing? Well, you're doing better than me. Right now, you're, 100%. you're ahead of the race. I will race. give you that. Chill out. Yes. Chill out. Take your compliment. <laughs> I did. I took it. No, now, you, now you're running with it. Just take it in, in grace. <laughs> you can't be tell good. me how to receive a compliment. Your response. I don't like your response. You need to work on your response. No. <laughs> Not, I mean, this was, like, good. This That was a positive situation. Fair enough. And it was true. You spoke the truth. <laughs> And I received it, and you're mad about it. I'm not mad about it. I'm just going to get there. I'm, I'm going to get there on this journey with you. But you are ahead. Yeah. But I'm, I'm working on helping you, too. But also, I, I, gotta help I myself can't too. rush your rate of growth. Oh, what you love to do, though. God. Yeah. Well, please. and men are behind women. I, that's just the truth. Like, you just developmentally. <laughs> we're, we're just a little slower. It's the truth. You just mature at a slower rate, and I think that that does truth. transfer into adulthood. But you're the one that struggles with adulthood. But I digress. Right. <laughs> I'm trying, though. See, I, w- I've gotten better with adulting. Yeah, wins and losses. We take yeah. it. So we're at different points in different races. Yeah. So there's no clear winner. We're just running yeah. the race Yeah, I mean, together. it's not a competition either. I mean, this, this is the point of life, right, is to grow and reach a level of refinement. Like, that's just, that's life. That's what we're doing here. I think, I don't know. I don't really have all the answers. <laughs> no one has the answers. But, hey, one day we will all find out. Yes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and share it with your friends. And if you have not wrote a review for us on iTunes, make sure you get that done this week. And as always, let's keep the conversation going online. You can head over to our website, lovejays.com, and you will see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday.